I'm dispensing the pets, gulking out at the cons, renaissance fests, watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, eh, sit back and watch as the uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary, and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Right, it is February 9th, Friday night, and welcome to Fanboy Planet After Dark. <laughs> Normally we record these on a Wednesday uh, from the Fanboy Planet store, but instead tonight we have transferred over to the personal domicile, the Brett Schneider Cave. Casa de the Brett Schneider. Schneider. <laughs> there we go. That's what we call it. Mm-hmm. There we go. And so this is the Fanboy Planet podcast, and I thank Valerie Allen for delivering our introduction tonight. Fantastic job. Yes, indeed. And this is she's your Gertrude, right? Yeah, she's my Gertrude in the upcoming. <laughs> that's not some sort of euphemism. She's playing Gertrude, <laughs> my Gertrude in a production of Hamlet. She's that I my will, boo. No, that I mean in the street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, opening March 9th in, in Milpitas, California, Calaveras Repertory Theater, Hamlet, and I will be playing Claudius, and she will be playing Gertrude. And of course, uh, that person mocking my Gertrude always, is, as always, is Lon Lopez. Hello, this is Gertrude. I mean, you're Gertrude. No, uh, it's Lon Lopez. Hello. Did you buy p- comics this week? I did not buy comics this week. If you bought comics, where would you buy them? Well, I don't know. There's a fanboy planet. I think is what we're. Yeah, it's the only place I buy my comics when you show up. Exactly. Two nine two five El Camino Real Suite one o five in Santa Clara, California. Andy, what's the phone number? Oh, Andy's not here tonight, is he? I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, across our host, literally our host tonight, the gracious Rick Brett Schneider. All right. Thank you. Those uh, jalapeno poppers were delicious. Thank you. They're great. I missed the. Uh, dang it! I missed no, the. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Usually, a host always has. We have frozen white White Castle in the freezer. Oh, well. Interesting. I, I'll be Harold. You be Kumar. Uh, uh, no. Okay. Oh, I'm Kumar. Mm. All right. <laughs> Fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now that we've gotten our silliness out of the way, let's oh, have some yeah, more. Like it's it's really serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Talk about the serious things that matter to most people. After dark. And this week, a very important thing in comics, because hopefully this is going to reflect well on the 150 stores that uh, participated in the midnight uh, opening of... Wait, did, did Fanboy Planet participate? Let's not talk about Oh, okay. Let's not go there. Oh, okay. I don't recall. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, okay. uh, past my bedtime. Hellblazer. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, there we go. The Dark Tower, finally, uh, a year or so in the making for Marvel Comics. It's here, and it's so good. And the, <laughs> the alliance with Stephen King, the Dark Tower, the Gunslinger Born. That's the actual title, yes, the Gunslinger Born. Uh, a huge event this week. Uh, where 150 stores across the country, uh, comic book stores to be specific, opened up at midnight, and uh, a friend... An event of, usually left 
to video games and operating systems. <laughs> or, or, <laughs> or, uh, like music releases, like the new Mariah Carey album, Get It at Midnight or well, something. Frankly, you know, yeah, movie openings too. You'd imagine a Thursday, mm-hmm. at a, a Thursday midnight true. show of a lot of different things. But in this case, Marvel coordinated and Stephen King co- cooperated and they did a lot of publicity for this. So and a bunch of other C words. Yeah. Indeed. Collaborated. And I'd say, and to add one more with Car D'Angelo of Earth 2, who I did podcast with during the summer. So when I go down to LA after San Diego's Comic Con, I, I do admit that there'll be one or two books that I can't wait until I return to Santa Clara to get, so I, I, I buy from Car. Wait, wait a second. You've, you've been podcasting with someone else? I, I, that was, uh, um, that was before I met you. Look, Derek, um, <laughs> we need not, to talk. <laughs> One week! It was just one week! I couldn't I feel resist. So. I am not talking to you right now. You were? Um, okay. Next question. <laughs> anyway, Card Angelo at Earth 2 Comics is one of several to participate, and uh, he's been written up all over the place. Comic Book Resources and Newsarama both interviewed him wow. about this. That was a then he, good idea for him to do a, that promotion. It was a really huh? good idea. Yeah. The Los Angeles, as he put it to me, uh, the Los Angeles Times wrote an article, and many people thought that but because the article mentioned his store and somehow the way uh, it was phrased made people think that, that only the 150 stores that were open at midnight would be carrying the Dark Tower. So his Ooh. business actually, he got a lot of phone calls <laughs> Very sweet. ahead of time. I'm, and, I'm sucking uh, up all the inventory <laughs> for my county. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, that's not really how it worked, and he didn't like try to mislead anyone, but, uh, you know... Well, that's how newspapers, you know, they always get it right every time. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Journalism in yeah. this country is mm-hmm. a stellar ability. I mean, yes. look, we're, we're journalists, and we never... Oh, God. <laughs> journalists. <laughs> we have a fact-checking squad. Yeah, send that to the interns, please. Sleep, sleeping in the easy chair over there. <laughs> well, we may have occasional guest commentary from Justin Brett Schneider. Well, I like to call him Shang-Chi. So, uh... <laughs> But anyway, that's the event, and that was... Uh, let's talk about the comic. Let's the talk about the comic, because it means nothing if the comic actually sucked. But right. oh, it's so, so good. good. <laughs> so good. Jay Lee doing what i got to say... My boy! Is, no, I think, so, the best work of his career, which you'd expect. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a reason he was selected, but it's incredible. It doesn't... It well, you read like the interview with him in the spotlight, right? Yes, so he I did. Talked, he really sounded like he understood what he was saddled with, what his responsibility to this story, mm-hmm. and that came across in what he, he, how he prepared for it. And I've and I've always enjoyed books where Richard is it Eisenhower or oh, Isenov? No, he's he's dead. Oh, sorry. Um, Richard Eisenhower or Isenov? Richard Krennis dead? Yeah, I'm sorry, he died a couple years ago. Sorry, uh, Richard Eisenhower, who's the colorist. But I mean, he's, he is not, he's a digital painter. Let's call it because yeah. colorist is an inadequate uh, phrase for what he is. He is a digital painter, and he painted over uh, Jay Lee's pencils, pencils, and it's creating a whole new st- style that is reminiscent of what Jay Lee has done in the past, certainly. But it's so but much it's, creamier, it's beautiful, <laughs> creamier, <laughs> creamier, creamy like thighs. No. <laughs> oh, hush. <laughs> But I, and, yeah. and, and, and to give credit, Peter David in what is could easily have been oh, a thankless sorry. you turn that off. I'm sorry. Uh, a thankless role as being the adapter of Stephen King. of what is essentially a, yeah adapter of Stephen King and was essentially a story already told, and yet it's thought there was a little more depth, and that he captured the voice that Stephen King uses 
in the Dark Tower novels so well. Yeah. And it had the idioms down. And I just thought, my biggest ask when I read it was to try to think about if I had not read the Dark Tower novels, and you've mentioned, well, and the Marvel Spotlight mentions that he had gone back and revised The Gunslinger. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know that. So the Gunslinger edition that I read is before his revision, so I've never read that, you know. So i got to go back and now rediscover the whole thing. But uh, I thought, if I had never read The Gunslinger, would this still work as an interesting story? And I thought it really did. Yeah, because he, he comes in in the middle story part from the first book. Yeah. and Which is really the story of Roland winning his guns. So, I, you know, I, I think the deal breaker on this would be when Lon gets around to reading it, uh, when you get a chance to get into Fanboy Planet. Because he hasn't read the book. He hasn't mm. read the book. Right. So, you oh, want the, the non-reader the, reaction? Want the virgin to the story. Well, just by looking, thumbing through it right now, first of all, the art's gorgeous. Always been a Jay Lee fan uh, from way back when. I can't remember the first time I liked this stuff, but huge fan from the whole uh, Inhumans uh, uh-huh. miniseries. He did. Beautiful book then. Yeah, one of my favorite yeah. books. But uh, looking at the way his his art is, usually I don't know if he uses a different colorist or whatever digital painter. But the art on this one looks so much cleaner. Well, this is different, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, directly from the pencil. The digital yeah. painter goes and over instead of... And it's an amazing look. And, um, you know, it, it, like you said, uh, like Rick was saying, it's one of those where you have to... Uh, what did you, how did you put it? I set aside a specific or? time to just just drink it in. Right, right. So it needs time for that. I was just trying to thumb through it. But, I mean, just looking at the art and the way it's set up. And the other thing is it's got... Uh, falconers in it, so uh, you can't. Falconers, yes. How can you not like a book with falcons and falconers in it? So it gets my thumbs up already. So all right, so you're yeah. looking forward to this with anticipation. It's definitely the top ten falconers. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably yeah. Yeah, one of the best falconer stories I've probably ever come across. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's it's uh, issue one of seven. And so I expect that it's actually going to go into the story that's in uh, Wizard and Glass. Right, right. The sto- uh, story of Susan Delgado and, and uh, Roland's, Roland's companions. Yes. I just yeah. thought of something that you said issue one of seven. Do you think Marvel's going to stay on time with this book? Or I, I think we've talked I about this before. I just want them to take as much time as possible to keep I, this I think they. Are, I think the reason they're doing this as a miniseries when they have contracted to do several I mean, they've got yeah. many, many more stories to tell. And this was announced well over a year ago, and I think that they that they have worked very hard to make sure that Jay Lee was done. Mm-hmm. Before I, they started. Before they started. Because, you know, again, because I know what you're getting at, and if you're not, I'm going to get at it. You Please, know, this is, get at it. This has been infamous from Marvel and DC to some extent, but Marvel, I think, has been guiltier of this, obviously, with Civil War. Uh, the idea of sticking to one artist, a good artist, nonetheless, um, but that's put things way off schedule. And part of the problem with Civil War was they had, and I had not realized this, they had a different summer crossover planned. And then at their big summit, somebody suggested Civil War. They ran with it. They rushed it onto the schedule. Uh-huh. And they assigned Steve McNiven to the art. And so they only had like a two-month lead, lead time. As opposed to where we see, you know, in DC where they've thrown off the rails, All Star Batman and Robin, Jim Lee has become a notoriously slow penciler. Uh, the Ultimates, even though they've got Jeff Loeb working on seasons three and four of The Ultimates simultaneously with two different artists, we still have not seen the end of Brian Hitch's uh, <laughs> Ultimates wow. run season two. 
That's uh, that's my point, though. I mean, it's and just it's like, happened over with planetary. You never know when that there's. A, it's, well, and then there's. We believe one more issue of planetary. Yeah, but if I DC don't hasn't even bothered to listen. No, and I exactly, don't mind waiting for planetary. Certain books, I don't mind. I mind with the ultimates, and I, I don't would mind know if why. they came out with a sucky issue of planetary. You know, which is not happening. It doesn't happen. Right. And with seven issues, what do you think they got? Three or four in the bag right now. So, I'd like to think so. So, yeah. so they can stay on schedule, and they they've got seven issues, so they got three or four to play with out over time. They'll keep mm-hmm. this on time, and they'll well, keep the quality yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, since I'm the outsider here, is this um, this comic adaption? Do you think it's going to spark interest and make people go out and get the books? I, you know, I think does it does it make the story compelling enough to where again? Not being able to be from an outsider, how I read so many of the novels, the other Stephen King novels early on, like I can remember, and I'm still bitter about this. I'll be bitter about it till the day I die. That I remember walking into a comic book store in high school and seeing The Gunslinger, that first edition, which I believe you have, and Rick gestures and, and my There's heart leaps on my throat. Over there. <laughs> <laughs> but seeing it behind the counter, and like, you know, and I could have bought it at whatever. Was not an outrageous price then, and right. I, you know, uh, and I stayed away from this series for a long time. And then I thought I actually read a couple of them. I get to the quality paperback book club, got like the first four, and after the second one, I was thinking, boy, these are really self-indulgent. And then I realized what he was doing. I think the Dark Tower pays homage to his comic book roots as far as being a reader, because it really is Crisis on Infinite Kings. Oh yeah, bringing yeah, yeah. all of his universes together. Definitely, definitely. And if you've read his other thing, I mean, that's what it reads like. It's is, more cocky. So Firestarters in there? No, okay. uh, no, but the the stand is there. Oh. Uh, the uh, Salem's Lot, and then and the later Pet books. Cemetery? And the later books have Insomnia's a Somnia's in there. The later books have a concordance that tells you which books, right. which other novels by Stephen King actually have some kind of tangential relationship. So if you were like a Stephen King geek, this would be like your. This is this is geek nirvana, which right, he was right. always doing. I mean, he always had like the same towns where things happened. Well, he had he had uh, what is it, Rock? Um, Fraggle Rock? No, it's oh. the name of the name of the town. That he Dairy had. Dairy Rock? No, it's Dairy Maine and uh, Castle Rock. Castle Rock. Because Ron Castle Howard's Rock company was until or, or Rob Reiner's company was and then Castle he did Rock need, after Misery. Needful Things, which was Needful Things, actually tied together a couple of other books, like um, the one about the dog uh, Cujo. Uh, Cujo. And a couple of the other short stories and such. And it Castle was, Rock ended Castle it was, Rock. It was, it was subtitled The Last Castle Rock right, Story. Right, yeah. right. Hmm. But Interesting. more in this case, he ties in entire worlds that are not previously connected, like The Stand. Right, and, and then the fantasy novel The Eyes of the Dragon, which is a straight-up right. fantasy novel. And it's tied. Which ties into the early Roland uh, mm-hmm. stories. Well, I will say this much. Looking at how well it's drawn out, artistic, it has a very cinematic feel. I would predict to say that if you get good sales on this, look for somebody to pick it up and want to try and make a movie out of it. Cause this would be a this would be an enormous movie. Uh, I mean, either that or like a series or something. But I mean, yeah. you can just look at. Not the that book. I wouldn't love to see it happen, but we're talking like thirty years. Right. Well, I mean, you'll making. you'll see somebody who wants to just pick up and do the one story but arc. But you and, could tell you could take that arc separately and film it, and you'd probably be satisfied. Don't tie in the whole larger yeah, thing. Yeah. Just tell the story of what is the gunslinger. Can I rant for a second? Sure. Go ahead. Marvel Spotlight. Great issue of Marvel Spotlight that that highlighted this. But they had to summarize all the books 
and they give away way too much in those summaries of what happens in the stories, including the end. Mm. Right. Which I just felt, even though I had read it, presumed you were a fan. I felt this is wrong to say in, in a, in like an introduction to this series. It'd be like saying, okay, uh, film class, we're going to go and see Citizen Kane tonight. Pay particular attention Rose to the Bond. sled. Yeah. Wait, what is what does that mean? I don't, I don't, okay. I don't get it. Don't. I'm then. kidding. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, although it is, you know, that's such a cliche that it, it, we may have plenty of listeners, uh, at least a dozen of the 13 or 14 that are listening, uh, that uh, you know that that have not seen Citizen Kane. You know, we did really just ruin Great. the whole movie. <laughs> Next thing you're gonna tell me is Darth Vader's Luke Skywalker's father. Whoa! <laughs> what? Oh, I got a bigger one than that. Watch who you kiss. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Damn the incestuous sheets. All right, uh, you know. So over on um, on the DC side, I'll leave because we'll stay with comics for a little bit here. Over on the DC side this week, with not as nearly as much fanfare, but one that real hardcore comics fans would have been. Wait, they make hardcore comics? They do. Oh, okay. Uh, they're called Eros. Uh, oh, but anyway, okay. uh, but this is DC. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a lot more innocent. Jeff Smith, who did the epic... Wait, he does Bone. He did, yes. Yeah, okay. I think in. I have heard of that one. Well, <laughs> You're right. Jeff it was Smith a hardcore. Who finished, who finished up Bone and... Uh, <laughs> oh, come on! You guys can get over that. Yeah. Uh, which Telltale, After Dark. Tell, Telltale Games in San Francisco has been doing a series of Bone video games. <laughs> Snickers. Snicker. I can't believe you used to dig it. Because... I, it is an unfortunately named mini, uh, <laughs> epic. When you think of it, you've got me all all for class. I just thought it was funny that we started with hardcore comics, and your <laughs> yeah, next thing was talking about Bone. bone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and yet it's an innocent children's comic. I love Bone. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great family comic, and it won mm-hmm. the Eisner mm-hmm. a couple times, best family publication yes, or best children's publication. Anyway, and there's video games available. Uh, you can download from Telltale Games, and are available at uh, uh, GameTap. GameTap.com, mm-hmm. ah, yes. And they, you can download the Bone games, and as well as the Sam and Max Freelance Police games. That's which, part of which, which are, we mentioned, uh, yeah. we mentioned before. But anyway, Jeff Smith, after he finished Epic Bone, took some time to just sort of relax, I guess. But four years ago, DC announced they had snapped him up to do a follow-up uh, to revive Captain Marvel. Shazam. Can't say Captain Marvel legally. Shazam. Uh, in the meantime, it's taken Jeff Smith so long... <laughs> is going that of course Judd Winnick kind of got his hands on the franchise in the mainstream and they're, they're doing a miniseries right now The Trials of Shazam in which uh, Freddie Freeman Captain Goes Marvel Jr. Or something, or? is uh, trying to earn the right to become the next regular Captain Marvel while Captain Marvel himself has moved up the scale to being the new Shazam The Wizard you mean? Yeah, fraught yeah. with controversy I mean it's really divided So those. Billy Batson's not going to be Shazam anymore? Oh no, he's going to be Shazam. Except oh, I mean, for, except well, for Captain Marvel. I'm, right. I'm already confused. This right. is a little confusing. And mm-hmm. then here comes Jeff Smith with with Shazam, the Monster Society of Evil. Finally, the first issue came out this week. Beautiful, great book. Totally at odds with what they're doing in their mainstream continuity, but really cool take on the character. Really cool and little little nod to Bone. And the, Billy Batson was always wearing the the red shirt with the yellow collar. Only now he's wearing a red shirt with a yellow star, like phone bone, phony bone. That's cool. So, like, this little, hey, just in case you didn't get it. But 
the thing that just telling me it, it's it's when this guy finishes this whole thing, it's gonna be really cool because we often forget. And DC kind of aged Billy Batson, and this is. It's weird to think about this, but in 1940, I think it's 1940 when, or 1941 when Wiz Comics number two came out with Captain Marvel, Billy Batson was described as being eight. Hmm. And it oh. is really clear Jeff Smith is drawing an eight year old. And not ignoring the fact that if that were to happen today, an eight year old living on the streets would be in pretty bad shape. And, you yeah. know, it would be scared a lot and it's a lot, you know. That innocence is gone. And yet somehow he maintains the innocence and makes it okay. And it was just a, a really cool retelling, a really cool concept with it. And, uh, you know, what is a what is an eight-year-old kid going to do? But the other thing is, separate it out. The Captain Marvel, as was originally the way it was done, is a separate person. And they share. Oh, it's a separate right. kind of uh, personality. Sort of aware, yeah, yeah it's not just, yeah. So it's it, not Billy Batson as an adult. Right, which is what DC has been doing with the character for several years. Right. And now this is, the, they're aware of each other. Much they, more like the Marvel version, Rick Jones and Which was Marvel. Roy Thomas was yeah. adapting what, because Captain Marvel was one of his favorites. That's what, you know, he took it and said, and basically said, we're going to do it like Shazam. And then DC came out with Shazam right after that. Yeah. So. Well, see, I haven't, I don't have the longer history with Shazam, Captain Marvel. Um, but through the years, I mean, I think I grew up with the whole, there was a live action show on NBC in like the 80s or something. Or I'm sure they had a couple in the 70s CBS or something. CBS in the 70s. Right, but they did a rehash one. What was like the Shazam and ISIS show or something back in the 80s? It was just a re-editing of the half oh, hour okay. shows from CBS. Well, see, that's the thing. I don't know. But so, and then of course going through like, like Legends and, you know, this is my experience with Captain Marvel. So I've never really fully gotten to appreciate, you know, Captain Marvel as a character. But I will say, say though, that any of you guys catch the, um, was it the Justice League Unlimited where he guest starred mm-hmm. with uh, Superman? I thought that was one of the best overall Captain Marvel stories I'd ever seen because it showed him as the young, kind of innocent kid, but then also as, you know, Shazam or, the, you know, what do you call him, Captain Marvel Shazam? Captain Marvel, yeah. And he's had the childlike innocence and kind of, you know, mm-hmm. heroism and, and kind of just, uh, you know, gullibility. And I thought that was a great story. I thought it was just like, oh, this is, to me, that was like the defining, that's Captain Marvel. And that's have, you, have you read the Paul Dini, Alex Ross one? Uh, Shazam for the Children, I think was the subtitle. Oh, one. is that the, the, the large, big, the big, the big format one? The large format. I think I do have that one. Wasn't that one, one called like, not Light or? Hope. Hope, maybe? I think he's Hope. Batman was. Because Batman was War on Crime. Oh, I have those over there. Yeah. Yeah. And the cat, and that one was also the same thing. I don't remember if I have the Shazam. Oh, the Shazam one is really good. Hmm. Oh, and and Rick's got to go get it. And uh, yeah, but I just I I think for me from all the different Shazam stories. Now I haven't read this new one, so maybe Mm -hmm. this new one will be the defining thing. But for me, that one where he actually and you know also there was the Kingdom Come Superman, and which they also yeah you have that big hardback. Oh wow! But they also did the. is it? I've never opened it. It's glorious. It's uh, glorious. Um, I have all the individuals. I just. Yeah, I had most of them. I didn't have all of them, so I figured I'd pick this out. So Superman's Peace on Earth. Oh, that's right. Super- I have the Peace and I have the War, I think. I don't have the Shazam one. You've but- get, you, oh, you had your hand right on the Shazam one. Power of Hope, yes. Shazam, Power of Hope. Interesting. And uh, it's a, a really good take on the character, too. And, and don't get me wrong, because when Jerry Ordway revived it as the power of Shazam, which is what Judd Winnick was working off of, allegedly... 
which way does it slide no, in? Just here. Technical don't, don't break it. I know, I know. I hate it when, you know, it's an expensive, beautiful book. It's like, yeah, when you hand somebody else your comics and they're like bending, you're like, hold it by the, you know, it hold it by the Christmas spine. It was a present for my loving wife. Oh. It's a fantastic present. God bless Mrs. Brett Schneider. Uh, I say that Jerry Orway, when he revived it with Power Shazam, was a cool take, too. And, and I'm not saying that Jeff Smith's doing this necessarily the definitive. It's just a, a version. Another cool take. It's a cool take, a version I'm preferring right now. Hmm. It's my exposure really is, yeah, I watched that filmation. I got one, uh, that live-action series, but it was produced by filmation. And uh, when um, they revived it originally in the 70s, I think I got my hands on, like, one issue. Back when you had to go to these things called drugstores to buy mm. your comics, yeah. and you couldn't guarantee that you'd have the next issue of anything. So I got, like, the second issue of the of the DC revival. But then... Well, uh, the first one had Superman on the cover introducing yeah, introducing Billy Batson. Yeah. And... But the the thing was, like, I got chicken pox, and my parents bought me from, like, a Walden Books or B. Dalton, which that itself is probably extinct now, B. Dalton Booksellers. Uh, they had the Shazam from the 40s to the 70s, a hardback, which we printed in black and white. Wow. The best of the stories. And, you know, that was so I got to read everything up through. Uh, and it was a lot more comfortable. There's a, there's a, there was a Batman volume and a Superman volume, too, a 30s to the 70s. But they weren't as comprehensive because wow, they, they they weren't quite as comprehensive because it had been published so continuously and they were fine, you know, so it jumped all over the place. But with Shazam, really, it was just the 40s and the 50s, 60s completely gone, yeah, and then the 70s, you know, and, and by the time that, that was printed, it was like the 70s was really only like three stories, four stories, and they were just you know jumping on. So it was really, I again got really steeped in the old <coughs> take on it, the old the old, old vision. So so thumbs up on the new one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll read anything from the guy who wrote Bone. So, uh, yes. Can't wait to show I out. love his art. I just think he's a great, great guy. So, uh, let's go to related stuff, not comics themselves, but you, Rick Brettschneider, got the super, uh, some update on the Superman uh, DVD. Some speculation as to what this really meant, but all the Warner Home Video, uh, Superman Ultimate Edition, Collector's Editions, and assuming all the Variants of that, which includes the um, Christopher Reeve collection, Christopher Reeve collection uh, have improperly mastered. We're not going to call them defective, but uh, disc one and three, which is the disc one, is the original, as shown movie Superman, mm-hmm. and then three is the abomination. Oh, uh, it's the <laughs> one with Richard Pryor. It has and five good minutes. Does it? It does. <laughs> haven't haven't come across them yet. Uh, I, that's actually, I will confess, still haven't watched that on the new set. Never saw it before. I've seen all the ones okay. except for three. So, but you saw four and yet did not see three? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, we'll give you a little recap. So Richard anyway. Pryor runs around going like, oh, oh, oh. oh, I see that. When you're on fire and you're running down the road, <laughs> right, Superman uh, gets out of your way. Yeah, the... Yeah. There are five good minutes. In That's that where the cold breath comes in handy. So I put out Richard I went Pryor. ahead and contacted them. I took them up on their re, on their replacement, mm-hmm. and I got a letter in the mail which actually says it uses the word. It says that the Superman three is missing bonus content. And previously, <gasps> we had reported that it was only missing the Dolby Digital two soundtrack, which would be important if you didn't mm-hmm. have surround sound and did have a Dolby decoder in your system, but. It sounds like, by this letter from Warner, that it's missing bonus content, which is probably 
Richard Pryor related outtakes or something, but got to so get So Rick my has done stuff. some investigative journalism. Do we know here. what the bonus content is? We don't at all. We don't at all. And uh, but we will when I get mine back because I have now actually sent my discs in the mail. I'm gonna have to, to call that number. Now what are you trying to hide, Warner? What are you trying to hide? It's uh, it's a big conspiracy. They played down the initial part. And I always wonder how something like that happens. I mean, where where, where is the quality control? Was it? Would you think they were just rushing to get it out for the holidays? How many discs in this? In the ultimate, they're like 14 discs. <laughs> yeah, there. I think it was I think uh, they were rushing. Barry in QA must have. Forgot yeah. that disc. Your discs were checked by <laughs> Inspector. Curse you, Barry. Barry in the QA was on a break that night. Was it uh, Barry Allen? No, it was no. just Barry Leibowitz. Barry Allen can do it fast and right. I'm, dang it, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. And That'd be an awesome like kind of side thing, Flash in the QA. That'd be kind of cool. But maybe we'll write that. Superheroes and Normal Jobs. We'll write that book. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> speaking of DC adaptations, there's been a lot of moving around this week. Something about and Flash. last about films, uh, yeah, we are disappointed. So I, you know, I don't know because I, I've been reading message boards, not on Fanboy Planet, because nobody seems to post on our forums. I do. I, I post. I've been, well, you know, but I talk to you guys. No offense. <laughs> uh, you know, I see on Newsarama and other, other sites, people are, I didn't realize there were people that did not like Joss Whedon, uh, but... Apparently there are. There aren't. And there aren't. And there aren't. The, the, the Whedon haters? There are Whedon haters mm. that are uh, they're happy. People have forgotten to take their medication. They're, they're happy with the news that Joss Whedon announced this week that he was no longer involved in the Wonder Woman film project Why that he was writing. Why would people be happy about Paris. this? Or writing and directing. This came on the heels, of course, of last week, uh, Warner Brothers did buy a spec script from two guys that was about Wonder Woman uh, set in World War II, which Silver Pictures, the production company that Warner Brothers is owned by, uh, run by Joel Silver, uh, Silver Pictures said they bought it, but they have no intention of setting the film in World War II, which would work as a valid, you know, why yeah. not? That's how the TV show worked. Piece. Who cares? Why not do a piece? Yeah, I, I don't understand why they And Nazis are always good villains. I think you and I have had that discussion. They are. Very mm-hmm. few people come out in defense of Nazis. Mm-hmm. Very few. Very, very, <laughs> very few. Very few buy movies. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you might say we're tired of you know, like neo-Nazis as villains you know, for modern day, but if you go yeah. to the 40s, they're an easy villain. Mm-hmm. They really are. Yeah. And, and again, yeah, nobody's going to you know, say we're Nobody, unfair to the no Nazis. Nazi defense. But, yeah. but for this whole, I'm not even a, a full-blown Whedon convert yet, but I mean, I like his stuff, but... How the people that are happy he's on it? Who could they possibly w- w- desire as as a as another director? Who like who is not you know a fanboy or a, like a you know a comic lover like Whedon that that they, that they'd want to put on a Wonder Woman movie? How could they be like, hooray, he's not on it anymore? Let's get now we can clear the you know let's for, get the Joel Silver to do it or let's get who's well, the guy yeah. who did the Batman's the guy. The Batman one? Uh, it's Christopher Nolan? No, 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 the the bad ones. Joel Schumacher? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what yeah. are they going to say? Let's get Joel Schumacher on it. You know what Schwar- I mean? Right. I mean, yeah. what are they thinking? Come on. I, you know, I, I don't know, because I, I fear that this is going over to what has happened. You know, I, I think you mark the difference between the good Marvel films and the bad ones by... There are, as Brian Singer once said, you know, the storytellers, the really good storytellers that kind of put their mark on a film are the ones that we've sort of enjoyed. Although, again, Hulk. But I understood the risk by having Ang Lee because he's definitely someone who has a viewpoint. 
Then you go to Fantastic Four, which again, I'll defend, is like, you know, decent family entertainment. Not great, but decent family entertainment. But Tim Story is not a director who has a look, has a mark, has a viewpoint. No. He's, e- I, I think, easily pushed around by someone like, and let this not, you know, ruin our chance to ever talk to the guy, Avi. but Avi Arad. Who, Just you say know, it. Just say it. Avi. Avi, or like Jerry Bruckheimer. I'll stand you know, him. A producer, a, Avi Arad has become a producer who believes he knows best, and I think sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. And like anybody else, you know, I... I Whatever, I'm trying to be judicious because he's powerful, and I'm well, so I'm a, small and weak. But I'm going I'm <laughs> to predict here that we're going to have another Superman Returns type kind of process here. We're going to have, you know, just like with Superman Returns or the Superman franchise being reborn, how many years was that in pre-production? We, you know, we'd have the Tim Burton jumped on it, Kevin Smith script, right, uh, and the meantime, Nicolas we got, Cage we got being cast. off on Catwoman. Um, right, you know what I mean. So it's I just see it's going to be a while before we see a Wonder Woman movie. So. Yeah, and the other, but the and again while while this is happening, DC has nothing I think this year uh, for 2007 lined up. Well, I don't think you actually got around to saying what happened with Whedon. He left. They said that he uh, he said that uh, they just kept disagreeing with his take, and he I I thought you know whether this is politic or not, he said good for them for at least acknowledging. We were both unhappy. Let's not let it go any further. Yep. And because, you know. Which basically means cancel the checks. Right. Because, well, because it is Warner Brothers' property. It was not Joss Whedon's property to mess with. It was Warner Brothers. So. He had a very even-handed statement on Whedonverse.com. That they had the right to do what they did, and and glad they did it early rather than everybody getting. But what was his take? You wanted to make Wonder Woman a high school? I don't know. Yeah. And high vampires. Uh, (laughs) I I don't know. With a group of kind of edgy friends who are all kind of smart Alex. I don't know. I. Because I'd watch that. I didn't follow follow the, the news as closely as I could have, I suppose, you know. Um, and. So who knows? Who knows? I've, I read, Come to think of it, though, like Wonder Woman doesn't really have a big supporting cast, does she? You know, Steve Trevor, Etta Candy, right? But for a Whedon, he, he needs that supporting cast for the banter something. and kind of yeah. So I bet you he probably tried to introduce a whole supporting cast. It and could be. Just it could and be. It. And, and who knows? But because my gone. Wonder Woman movie is just her just working out. I can't gone. see too many of the Amazons with witty banter. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. No. Again, uh, and, 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 and so that I not backhand too much, uh, the, you know, sure I ripped on Tim Story and I'll probably be ripping on Mark Stephen Johnson a little later tonight, but I do think that John Favreau, I, like Mark I do think that John Favreau on, on Iron Man is a good choice. Oh, uh, did we figure, did we talk about Jeff Bridges? No, we did not. Go ahead. You know, but there's a movement there. But I've still got more DC news. Oh, my bad. I've still got because then David Goyer, David S. Goyer, Goyer. who was scheduled to write <laughs> and direct The Flash, has been taken off that, and on the heels oh. of that announcement, then uh, Variety reported that Sean Levy, the director of Night at the Museum, the Pink Panther remake, and uh, such a by the capable dozen, director, he is, just, wow. is directing the Flash <laughs> and overseeing the uh, rewrite of the script or can the I just say, of the new script. Can I just say right now? Sorry, yeah. just keep stepping on your toes. But I love the Flash. Love the Flash for years. And I saw the Smallville version of The Flash, and uh, if they do a movie like that, I ain't watching it, and I'll protest. There we go. Well, it was better than the... than the. Re- Don't say the TV show, because the TV the, show no, was awesome. I love the TV, the TV show. It was show. great. But it better than they had they had floated a couple of years ago, they were going to, when they actually developed a Starman pilot, 
And you mean that one with Jeff? Uh, what was no, 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 Starman, no, no. the James Robinson. Oh, oh okay. The James Robinson retake of the character. They, uh, ABC actually commissioned a pilot from the same company that uh, Smallville. And they also, uh, Warner Brothers, the WB, then now the CW, but the WB at the time, uh, put into development, and it never got past the development stage, a Flash television pilot mm-hmm. in which it was, they were stealing things from Starman, the idea that it was a legacy that he was not the first Flash, and that one of his powers included, on a regular basis, time travel, travel. where he would be going back in time to meet earlier versions of of the character, trying to learn more things about himself, that kind of thing. So, hey, at least we we dodged that bullet. But, uh, you know, I I don't know. Sean Levy says it's not going to be a comedy, though he's known for comedies, uh, but it will be a lighter touch, which I would agree with. The Flash sure. should be a lighter character to say Batman. Yeah, you don't need him grim and gritty. But I right. just don't think, despite, I took the kids, well, okay, my wife took the kids, but I got to go, uh, <laughs> to see Night of the Museum. And, you know, it was an entertaining enough movie. I, I really, despite that, they, they would not let us in. I think uh, you were involved with that. We were, I was trying to get in to see that uh, pre- press screening. They would not let the press in to see that movie. And it was actually, you know, it was decent. It was watchable. It was a well, fun, made some money. It was a and fun little family yeah. film, and that's why Sean Levy's on Yeah, exactly. It. He's that, that, you know. And that guy has lucked into directing a couple of movies. I don't know how the Pink Panther actually did. They're making a sequel, so it must have done good. They're doing a sequel to the Pink I Panther? Heard, oh, I heard, my God. Please yeah. let that, no, let it die. Um, you know, but he, I, but I don't think the reasons that those movies are were successful had anything to do with the director. Right. And I don't, but I wonder in this culture if there, you know, if there is anybody that. Hollywood doesn't work like that. It works with what was your last movie? What did it do? Did hundred million? All right, you then can do this, this movie. Yeah. So you uh, got a track record making movies that make money. You can direct our movie. It has nothing to do with artistic taste anymore. So right. And then a rumor cropped up this week that J.J. Abrams, who's the uh, producer of Lost and Alias, uh, had been taken off of the Star Trek franchise where he was going to relaunch the Star Trek franchise, and he quickly debunked that rumor. But here's the one that's going to you know set your oh, is this your the big back, secret? Will ready? Oh, okay, I'm ready. Okay. Not even bracing. It's, it's, it's not even fair to call it a rumor. Uh, is it fact, or it's just a rumor? A statement of intent from mm-hmm. a director wow. this week of what he would like to do and what he now may be back in position of power to at least have serious talks about. He wants here's some clues. Ready? He wants another crack at the DC universe because he earlier has had a shot at the DC Schumacher. universe. Schumacher. Okay. Schumacher. Is it really Schumacher? Joel Schumacher oh, no. in an interview. Can you guess which character he wants to to direct? Schumacher wants to do. Careful with that verb. <laughs> he wants to Schumacher his next move. No, um, gosh, I don't. Let me think. Is it one of the big three? No. Interesting. Okay, so then he wants to do um, Green Lantern. No, I don't know. Something with nipples. I don't know what. Yes. <laughs> Neil, oh. Neil um, Gaiman's The Sandman. Oh, oh yeah. No. No. <laughs> what? Oh, I wish I could have gotten a joke off before that. <laughs> <laughs> After that news, oh. you may never get anything off again. Wow. Can <laughs> you imagine fandom, no. like, riding in the streets for that? Can you imagine... Like Joel Sh- Schumacher is doing. Don't cross the goth chicks. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. No, you don't. You, you don't. don't. No, cross they, the goth. Chicks. Oh no, you don't. 
just imagine like the PR, like you know Schumacher promoting you know his version of Comic Con. They would just they would tear the the San Diego convention oh, center as I recall that board when, from board. When uh, Christopher Nolan, actually Nolan wasn't the guy that appeared. Uh, David as David S. Goyer and uh, another pro- a producer on Batman Begins appeared at Comic Con. Uh, the year before Batman Begins came out, and they were assuring, they were still filming it, of course, and they assured fans, now DC, uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers is g- giving us freedom, we get to do everything we can, and a fan got up and I said, you know, as much as I thought that Batman Begins was going to rock and I was right, a fan got up and said, how can you tell us, hmm. with a straight face, <laughs> in all honesty, that this movie has... So you got the freedom to do what you wanted to do, and that it's going to be great on the weekend that Catwoman opens. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind gotcha. of how I feel. Gotcha. Zing! Oh, oh. And that man was Derek McCall. No, it wasn't me. I I never get up and do a public question. Never. That's fantastic, though. God bless the fans what for he taking said, it to him. Yeah, you know, so absolutely, you know, that I... But that's oh, it. And on the flip man. side, back to over the Marvel things, while we're, yes, John Favreau directing Iron Man, they just added Jeff Bridges to the cast. I mean, that's, again, this is getting high profile. Great stuff. So going to suck. People. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's so going to suck. It's an interesting now. thing where, well, I like Jeff Bridges. What are you saying? No, I love Jeff Bridges too, but here's, what, here's my reason why it's going to suck. Please tell me. Why do you want to watch an Iron Man movie, Derek? Tell me. What, what, it, it, they say, Iron Man movie coming. What do you want to see? The Mecca. Man. You want to see Iron Man? Yeah. Well, you got Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, Tre- uh, Terrence Howard, and now Jeff Bridges. Did he be an Oscar winner? He's at least been nominated. I know he's, he's been, been nominated. He's been nominated. He was at least okay. nominated for Star Man. Those are all real actors. Real actors want screen time and dialogue and meaty, juicy roles to, they can sink into. Jeff Bridges isn't going to be behind a metal mask the whole time. No, he's not. No, he's not. I'm just saying. So it's Robert Downey Jr. He's going to be, he's no, but I'm saying, like, even if we don't know what character he's at, but I'm just saying, like... It sounds like it's a character that they're making up for the movie. But I'm just saying, though, it's going to be one of those things where it's like... Did they give him a name? Great. Uh, no, it was... They a, did say that he was going to be somebody who was involved with Stark... From way back when. From way back. back. Maybe he's Happy Hogan. No, I don't think no, he's Happy Hogan. Maybe it, it maybe he's one from like the new Warren Ellis. Because the Warren Ellis one, take on Iron Man with Adi Granov drawing. Could he be forever. Mr. Stark or Stark's no, dad? No, not Howard Stark. Uh, I think they've actually cast somebody as Howard Stark, and I can't remember who it was. But um, That's just my prediction, though. Yeah, uh, okay. You know, I, The only thing that made me nervous about the announcement of it was there was an implication. Maybe it's just... My inference, but that they were saying that uh, Jeff Bridges is an actor that Avi Arad has been wanting to use in a in a movie for a long time, and so this was just like the final fit. Like like they may have just sort of created and cobbled together a character because he thinks Jeff Bridges is a good actor and would be interested. I don't know. I still have my hopes for John Favreau's take. I think he's a good director. I may be in the minority here for I like Favreau. loving Elf. Uh, but I do. I like for real. I, I haven't love seen Elf him with tested, all my heart though. and soul. Uh, Have you seen him tested as a director though? Did you see Zathura? I never saw Zathura. I did not see Zathura. I need to. Anybody? I need to because I have a friend in there. But um, oh, really? Name dropper. Anyway, no, um, I didn't drop his name. Fine. <laughs> I have a friend. Pronoun dropper. Right, right. No, no, no. But uh, Favreau at least has the, I guess, the heart behind it. 
But at the same time, is he is he a fanboy? Is he one of us? I don't know. I don't know. But he's it, a swinger. But there is, and I don't a, trust swingers. But there is a fanboy who is making Marvel films that I will I will defend his love for the material. No question. I will never question Mark Steven Johnson, mm-hmm. who is directing Ghost Rider mm-hmm. and directed Daredevil. He is a fanboy. No question. That's why he should be making the movie. I respect that. However, I haven't respected the results. And apparently, the controversy uh, on Ghost Rider coming out is that they are not allowing the press to see that ahead of time. Sony has spent, uh, you know, allegedly $120 million on this film and are counting on nobody getting to talk about it beforehand because they just want the, those Make who want to see, on the opening weekend. Who see, you know, on opening weekend, see Flamehead Guy go up and <laughs> say, see Flamehead Guy go up against uh, Insect Boy and, yeah. Yeah, whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm still looking forward to Ghost Rider. I think it'd be great. So. Uh, but it's know. a bad sign when they don't do the pre-reviews. No, um, we, we're hoping, you know, we may... We, we may get in to see it ahead of time, but uh, I, I'm also anticipating that it's possible that it's like a radio giveaway and, uh, you know, have to, have to you know, disguise ourselves. We'll just wear else. our 94.9 T-shirts and I look all, like, street and we'll get in. You can do that, though. Yeah, totally. I don't I don't have that ability. No, I'll bring you in. I'll be like, this is my boo. No, I don't know. We'll just don't you dare call me your boo. <laughs> this is my Gertrude. Don't. No. <laughs> Oh, we're going to totally get to start that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> started here, folks. When you start hearing it on MTV, you mm-hmm. know it started this my here. Gertru- this is my Trude. And speaking of disappointments <laughs> from Marvel, how about uh, you got to read Spider-Ham last oh, week. Oh, did I? Oh, man. Woo, did you read it? Yeah, I did. Oh, finally, somebody I can share the bad experience oh, with. Um, as I was ter- telling Derek last week, it was one of the few comp. First of all, first and foremost, Love Spider-Ham. Been a huge Spider-Ham since he came out or whatever. Um, so I was excited. Came out? Well, it came out on the scene. Um, but um, but this book, so I was excited about hearing about this book. Oh, they're doing a Spider-Ham kind of jokey, fun book, you know, about the Civil War or whatever. Uh, after I read it, I was telling Derek, um, I've never wanted my money back more from a comic than I did for Spider-Ham. I was very, very disappointed. Never has one comic not deserve so many full-page panels. Oh, my God. It wasn't even a story. It was just and every... how many people got the the ham panel? The ham panel? Which one was the ham? Oh, the, you mean the Nam? Yeah. Yeah, there was, it was all just, like, single pages of just spoofing, but, like, not telling it's, a story. There was this... this Sound-alike is not a spoof. And not right. even particularly clever spoofing. No. I mean, oh, and know. the worst one, the worst one is, okay, so they're doing all these, these like, character spoofs, with the name Ham in them. Right. There's Ham Nito, uh, Hambit instead of Gambit. Like all these different ones. And then they come to the one, and this is the one that just upset me the most. Let me guess. Is Andy there? You didn't like Hambit? No, it wasn't. No, but it was one. Okay, so they come up to. You're wrong. They're spoofing the Fantastic Four. How would you spoof the Fantastic Four? The Hamtastic Four? Exactly. They don't do that. They say the Fantastic Ham. They're not even trying at that point. <laughs> they could have said the Hamtastic Four. That would have made sense. But no, they just said the Fantastic Ham. It doesn't even make sense that there's four of them. So which one? There's, there's only, there's only four one. To a ham. Right. There's only one ham. And so I was like sitting there going, "You've got to be kidding me!" And you can't was, even come up with the good and joke. Can I say there was an independent comic book about uh, maybe two, three months ago uh, that used the exact same structure. 
mm-hmm. to make fun of the exact same event because the purpose of of the Spider Ham was to make fun of Civil War. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Arguably, there was only really one page that did a decent job. Of well, no, the whole cover. Is, well, and, and, the and, whole, and, yeah. and it ripped us off. I mean, very clearly, it was biting the hand that feeds you with that thing about yeah, what do you do when you run out of ideas and that you was walk by page. a shot from. Well, there's later you because they're going sign no, sign no, sign right, no, right. and it went on for. But um, and it, what credit is due, I read about this on comic book resources that Rich Johnston's lying in the gutters because Rich Johnston wrote this book called Civil Wardrobe. And basically the plot is that uh, Tony Stark, uh, I can't remember what he changed the name to, but Tony Stark said what the Marvel Universe needed was a complete makeover, re- re- a makeover <laughs> redesign, a new fashion thing. So you got the Fantastic Foursome. <laughs> uh, you got Dead Devil, so he, he's fighting crime even though he's dead. Mm. He's just a corpse being swung out by someone, you know. And it, but it was like the exact same structure. It page, splash pages after splash page with right. the joke. But what he did better was actually still tied it together, reminding you on each page that Tony Stark was doing this and giving his reasons why this character didn't work and why this redesign Some needed kind of to monologue that went along So he had it. a monologue to go with it. And the cover was hilarious because it was the unmasking of Peter Parker thing and it said, you know, I can't remember what the character's name was, but it said, I'm so-and-so and I've been dressing up like Spider-Man since I was 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and the, wow, it was That's so much too more close clever. close to home. And well, yeah, because just, the guy was like, you know, snaggly toothed and pimpled faced and everything and yeah. just, and clearly overweight and like 30. Uh, but, but if I could just get back to the spider ham thing yeah, sure. real fast. I just um, wanted to tout the, the better book. No, that's good. I just, it was just a waste. I, I mean, I wanted my money back because I really felt like they've got this great character. I'm you a huge fan. Issue, you could buy issue two? There's issue two? I thought it was just a one shot. <laughs> God, it if is there wow. is, I would just tell people not to buy it. But my whole thing is real fast. I think Marvel's missing the boat with spider ham. I've said this, I think, to you guys before. They've got this great character they they always talk about bringing kids in and keeping kids in the next mm-hmm. level i don't they have the spider-man movies are huge they've got the kids liking the spider-man you introduce a character like spider-ham and the ones i read they had like excuse me other characters that were animal related they had goose rider right. captain america hulk bunny J. jonah jackass which is still my favorite <laughs> So you're saying do a real series? If they did, okay, not even that. They're just missing the boat with a franchise that they always they always want to make money. They always want to make these events. Tell me you couldn't see a Saturday morning afternoon kids show or at least a syndicated kids show with Spider Ham geared towards young kids with the Marvel characters as animals. Especially where DC's done that with Crypto. Uh, sure, with Crypto right. Which is a doggone nope. <laughs> Dang it. It's, I didn't mean that. I just didn't want to swear about it because it's a kid show. It's a really good kid show. Sure. Really good. Right, but they they took that kind of, ad, you know, and that, there's the thing. Younger kids are seeing these dogs, but they're now introduced to Superman. They're now introduced to Batman. Exactly. Right? Whereas Spider, they're missing the boat with Spider-Ham. They have this great young kids franchise if they played with the different animals like the goose rider and the captain america and all those different i think that one was like deer devil and you know there was so i mean instead of doing them all like hams like this one book did which i thought was just totally lame you know do the different animals introduce these characters then you've got recognition with the kids they grow up going oh i love spider ham and i love it and then as they get older they go oh these are based on real characters then yeah. they start reading the real books. So, oh, there is a J. Jonah Jameson. Right. Yeah, and I don't know has. who's. I think so. Marvel, you're missing the boat. I don't know whose arrogance to blame on that. 
You know, I, it, you know what? It all probably comes down to whoever created Spider Ham probably owns all the rights, and they don't want to pay him or something. I don't know. If they possible. don't own it, it's I mean, possible. I mean, I've heard that's. But Avi, if you're listening, get off your butt <laughs> and make a Spider Ham kids show. They, I don't think they owe. Do it. I don't think they'd owe any rights there. I think Mar- Spider Ham appeared at a time when there might have been some, uh, you know, residual sharing, but not something. Well, I'm just saying. Around. Well, then if that's the case, Marvel they're blowing it. Marvel didn't really give in yeah. to that until about uh, something around you know when Blade came out and Marvel Wolfman um, sued. Hey, don't. He's a nice guy. <laughs> you uh, said Wolfman instead of Wolfman. So that's why I went, it's wolf, Because it's Wolfman. It's not Wolfman. Well, I would say Marv Wolfman oh, instead sh- of Marv Wolfman. He's Marv Wolfman. I didn't know. Sorry. Okay. He is. I'm anyway, speaking of he Wolfman. sued, uh, he sued Marvel after Blade came out because he'd created Blade in the pages of Tomb of Dracula. And they were obviously making money hand over fist with that first Blade film. Mm-hmm. So he sued claiming creators' rights, and uh, they, they settled. They did settle, but that was, you know, in the mid-'90s. So, you know, But, I mean, do you, not, do you not think that Spider-Ham would make a great kids' show? I think it would. I think, okay. it's a, I think Spider-Ham done right would be a great kids' It's comic. done. Give me 13 episodes. Just like, just like the, you know, Power Pack. I think they've been doing a great job reviving Power Pack and these weird crossovers with, like, they're going to have a Hulk Power Pack crossover, which I'm yeah. – Rich <laughs> – does, does Hulk throw one of the girls into the pond? I don't something? know what they do, but Rick's, Rick's <laughs> eyes just glazed over. And I, just... I want to see it happen because in, they made Spider-Man Power Pack. They made Venom. Like actually, what? They did a, they did a, a, a story with Venom. Venom Power Pack? <laughs> uh, no, that they fought, that Spider-Man fought Venom and that the Power Pack helped him because it was in a fashion show. And it, Venom, the symbiote of, infected one of their suits. What? So it thought that it was Venom. Oh, they had alien suits too, didn't they? Yeah, they have alien suits. Okay, that, so makes sense. Sense. that makes sense. So it actually made sense that they could have a Venom-like villain after showing Spider-Man defeating Venom. And it was like, oh, that was it was like clever. It was a clever way to kind of introduce kids to the larger Marvel Universe. And yet it's, it's really is just appropriate for kids. It's really well done. Mark Sumerak, I think, is the writer on those. And I have not liked anything that guy wrote until he started doing these Power Pack revivals. And he's doing such a clever... I guess, you know, the older my kids get and the more I want to introduce them to comics, the more I want to to find books that would be appropriate for them. You know, I got sucked into comics at a time when comics were written for my age. And and unfortunately, they still are being written for for my age. age, But can you imagine the merchandising we're talking about? All the Spider-Ham toys, the T-shirts, the backpacks, the cans of soup. You know, I'm just talking. I'm with you. All that stuff. Cans of ham. Exactly. Spider-Ham, canned ham. action figures. And let's turn this to Lon's action figure review. Speaking of action figures. (laughs) After dark. No. um, So, uh. Oh, dear. (laughs) Uh, this week, or I shouldn't say this week, in the last few weeks, the new Hasbro Marvel Legends have been hitting the stands, hitting the stores, and uh, my review is... The Brett Schneider Hound is getting restless <laughs> over here. But the clicking in the back is... Is he the, named Ace? Her name is Teddy. Oh, oh I, knew I thought it was Cerberus was a, or whatever. Her name is Teddy, I'm her. sorry. Dogs are always mailed to me. Go ahead. Uh, but yeah, so the, the quick review is the sculpts have relatively stayed the same. Uh, they, they, I was going to bring, I purchased Hercules. They have a Hercules, the Prince of Power kind of version. His sculpt is awesome, keeping in tradition with the Marvel Legends great sculpts. Um, the things that have changed is the packaging. 
Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the Marvel Legends, the old ones. They'd have the clamshell, the big plastic thing you'd have to cut open with mm-hmm. a blowtorch, which were ridiculous. Hate oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hate those. They have new packaging, which is the standard, like, I forget what it's called, but you basically, you know, it's the cardboard, plastic glued to the cardboard, so it's easier oh, okay. to open up and rip into. More bubble pack. Kind yeah, of, bubble or, pack, or, yeah, yeah I don't know what called. they call it. Um, carded. They're actually yeah, carded. Yeah, so it's yeah. actually carded. So the packaging's a lot better. Um, they do have a couple sculpts. There's a really bad sculpt of uh, White Emma Frost, White Queen. Mm. Terrible sculpt. It looks. How do they blow that one? Yeah. Well, I mean, it just it looks terrible. No, and they've had a bad time with their women figures because they just don't know how to sculpt them. They try to make them like scale, and they just the, so the, few the, toy sculptors have actually seen real women. Right, so but, a few women. <laughs> right. Scale. And then they also <laughs> had the Kelsey Grammer X3 Beast. Which Ooh, is, you would think cool. would be kind of cool, but the sculpt is really kind of bad. Um, oh, so there's the two bad sculpts. And the other, I haven't seen the Ultimate Iron Man one, but they have the Hercules, which is fine, which is the best one out of the, out of the bunch. And then they also have a Banshee, which is uh, the classic, you know, yellow and... Uh, accessories? Yellow and green. Uh, the accessories are, they, they come with the Build-A-Figure, which I think is a great accessory. Um, What's the figure? The build a figure is Annihilus. Is that his name? Annihilus? Yeah. So sure. Annihilus is the giant build a figure. So each character comes with a part and you build the figure together. And um, so overall, I would say that the transition to the Hasbro toys uh-huh. has been smooth. And Very good. Hopefully the Marvel Legends line will continue because I'm a big fan. Did so. you catch on the other on the other side? DC Direct is actually going into the business of making action figures based on product on uh, projects that they don't own. I thought that was Marvel. I don't no, think it's DC. DC. DC Direct has announced they will be doing World of Warcraft action figures, oh. and they're doing action figures today. They announced for Afro Samurai. Oh, okay. But I, also, there's another Marvel. I don't know if it's Marvel Direct or Marvel. But now with Hasbro, they're doing a line of stuff that's not their own. They're doing a Judge Dread. They're doing a Silver Claw, not Silver Claw, uh, a couple of the Image uh, oh, characters. Really? Yeah. So they're doing like a whole, I just read about it in Toy Fair, I think. Oh, I Toy didn't Fair. see that. Yeah, they're doing a, uh, like the Max, I don't know, like a bunch of like stuff that like McFarlane Toys might have done. Now, like this Marvel. Works. So Marvel's going to be producing a, a line of stuff that's not their own either. I think they're doing a new um, uh, Super Patriot. Is that the one from uh, Eric Larson's mm-hmm. thing? I think mm-hmm. so. So they're doing a Super Patriot, a Judge Dread, a couple other ones. So action figures, you know, the future of action figures looks good. So it's, it does. Uh, it does. So I just wanted to do a quick update. Yeah. The Marvel Legends line And on a much smaller version going. of action figures, uh, you know, Rick and I were drooling about this before we began recording. That, uh, the fifth anniversary of HeroClix, has it been this long? I can't believe it's been five years. Five years. Uh, of hero clicks, the way to have little action figures in your pocket and play with them in game form, and a lot of a lot of companies have uh, sort of copied this. I mean, Marvel's even competing with itself with that one you said. And there's that uh, what's the one? A tactics. Oh, uh, there's a tactics, which is the um, uh, Star Wars franchise and the Transformers. There is a Marvel. There's a Marvel one there's coming a Marvel out. Now. No, it's out. Oh. You go to a Target. I've been to Target and I've seen them. Seen them. They have Ghost Rider Tactics and they have X Men Tactics and Spider Man. Interesting. There's yeah. a, there's another gaming series called HeroScape, which is um, not is also a figure based combat system, mm-hmm. and they're doing Marvel as well. And actually, I played both the HeroClix and the HeroScape, and HeroScape is faster and more fun. But HeroClix ha- 
has been typically sculpting more figures in each release. Mm-hmm. Heroes Scape does smaller releases uh, oh, on yeah. a regular basis throughout the year. Okay, so the latest uh, for fifth anniversary of HeroClix, they are releasing a series, a DC-based series called Origins, which uh, should, which has me thrilled. I, like I haven't bought HeroClix in quite a while. Last summer, actually, I was given an ambush bug. F- Hero Click for my birthday. Jealous. Jealous. There we go. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, it was bought right out of eBay rather than, you know, because uh, my friend knew exactly uh, which figure I wanted out of that series, and it was, I got to have it. His power is he knows he's in a game. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I, I didn't try to play him. I just have him. He's cool. Um, but so the Origins are uh, going back and re-sculpting their characters as they first appeared, so making sure that the... Each game, each set has had some sort of vague theme. They haven't always really stuck to them that well, but vague they have a the title right they're just supposed to go you know, along with, you know. Um, and they've done even like the Marvel zombies show, have shown up in the last Marvel Marvel thing. Can I just say they scare me? Anyway, the Marvel me. zombies they do because yeah, how, how are you supposed to stand against them? You can't. I just uh, just seeing the heroes as dead people kind of freaks me out. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah, no, I agree with it. I mm. you know. It was one joke that went way too far. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they've so got this new series coming out with uh, all Golden Age, Silver Age. I mean, really trying to go back to that original look. I think I even saw Legion of Superheroes, like old skate, old time, old you know, time. like uh, Kurt Swan design. Uh, which also reminds me that they've hinted uh, Al Goff gave an interview this week in, for TV Guide in which he has said that they, that um, there will be a member of the Legion of Superheroes will appear on Smallville. Eh? A time traveler. No. So, if which you know continuity. Okay. So, Superboy? No. Oh. He's Monel? Monel will be appearing. Who's Monel? Excuse me while we look for the Action Comics <laughs> Annual 10 right here. Right, this right. guy, occasionally, probably better known to you as Valor. Never heard of him. No? Okay, because he was called Valor. I don't even think Valor was like a short... Was it, I well, thought Monel was Super Bo- Superboy Prime, no? No, 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 no. But, uh, but Sorry, Monel won't ignorance. appear until Season 7, but uh, definitely, I thought, well... What's it, his story? Monel is he Kryptonian? Yeah, he's an, actually, he's a Daxamite. Daxamite. Uh, so another, wow. plan, another planet where the Yellow Sun does the same thing, you know, so they oh. develop similar powers, except rather... And the crazy thing is, lead is poison to them. Right, so the thing that was <laughs> like the very thing that protects Superman from kryptonite, lead. But done, but he was obviously created in a time where we took lead a little seriously. <laughs> yeah. Lead poisonous? How odd? Odd? How odd? <laughs> Except, yeah, and now why well, it is? Hmm. Uh, you know, so uh, yeah, so he's he, he was dying of, po- of lead, lead poisoning, poisoning, and he was put into the Phantom Zone by mm. Superboy. Mm. And stayed in the Phantom Zone until released in. They're just getting around to this in the in the, the uh, Supergirl actual, superheroes yeah, in the 30th slash 31st century by Brainiac Five. Seeing him now, it's being redone. That yeah, like they were fight. Supergirl was they were fighting the last at, outpost of uh, Kandorians. Yeah. Uh, so the last Kryptonians in the far future, and you see Monel like trying to float in, and they've tried to you know as he as continuity has been revised and revised, they've tried to come up with different reasons and different explanations for Monel. Like I said, he he was actually uh, on Earth for a while after the event called Invasion as a hero named Valor, Valor. Yeah. and then they said that uh, and I mean it is dumb. The reason he's called Monel, his real name is Largand. The reason he's called Monel was because he thought he had amnesia. He thought he was a member of the House of El, and or Superboy assumed he was a, a relative, 
And so he thought it was his older brother. And since he found him on a Monday, he'd be Mon L. Oh, oh the fifties. Uh, <laughs> you know. Two L, wet L. Some of L. Fry L. Sat L. Sat L. Sun L wouldn't be bad either. Mon L. So, uh, but now they said that. I think I had Mon L one, but in one the, summer. But at one point, now they're going back really to this, this Action Comics annual number 10 that just came out this week by, by Jeff Johns and Richard Donner. It goes back to the original, found him on Monday, but the story is really well done. It is really well done and makes it all like, I don't care how silly that element of it is. It just totally makes sense because Superboy is much younger than he would have been, you know, originally. But, um, what I like that, that what they did with him in the Supergirl and the Legion of Superheroes, uh, was the fact that he's been in the Phantom Zone for so long and he's a little crazy he's because little, of it, which yeah. is something they had ignored before. You've got sens- sensory deprivation for a couple thousand years. years. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to do something to your crazy. head. And, yeah. and at one point they said that also he took the name Monel because when he became Valor and when they put him in the future, they said Valor had become legendary and everybody was waiting for Valor to return because they tied him in like every single alien race that had joined the Legion. Uh, Valor had saved their planet, had seeded their planet in the 20th century with survivors from like the Kundians or something he'd freed from prison. Uh, so he was like this cosmic that. savior. So he couldn't call himself Valor in the 30th century. Instead, he chose the name Monel, which was a Martian word for wanderer, because the Martian <laughs> Manhunter was still there secretly goading wow. the Legion of Superheroes on. So it got really, it got almost too. Derek ex- officially knows everything. <laughs> <laughs> It got to wow. X Men. It got to X Men. We're not, of we're not playing the Marvel so trivia game anymore. <laughs> I give up. I quit. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. Uh, and, and now that I've blown Lon's mind, yes, uh, is that blood coming out of your nose? Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little shaky right now. <laughs> Don't get any on, on the tablecloth. It's too mm. nice. Mm. Uh, we should say uh, as we are. <laughs> <laughs> Monel, which is actually a Martian word Every for wanderer. wanderer. Wow. Not to be confused with the wanderers. That actually works really good on chicks, too. you got to try that at the bar. <laughs> really? Because I, I don't think so. I, I, hey, know, baby. You want my Monel? I waited at least a year after my marriage to reveal to my wife that I knew this much stupid crap. Wow. Good call. Uh, she's yeah. still, you know, and... Yeah, I waited till the escape clause had expired. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh no, you married a geek. <laughs> Damn. I put on my glasses. Super geek. Mm. Uh, you know, I didn't wear the glasses for a year. She thought I was good looking. Uh, <laughs> so we are in the second weekend of February, and in the first weekend of March, we've got an event coming up, and we just want to start touting this. Is yes, that, uh, tout away. Here we are in the San Francisco Bay Area. We have. WonderCom, which officially kicks off the convention season. Yeah. And so there you go. We're all going to be appearing at one appearing. Yes. Meaning we're sneaking in. I'll be signing autographs we will Saturday not be from uh, this no, year. We will not be invisible this year. Uh, we will be at WonderCon. Uh, probably wandering the floor most often. But I'll be Mon Elling the floor. Yeah. And, uh, no. <laughs> Mock me if you will. <laughs> No, but yes, WonderCon, I'm excited. We get very punchy. It is now officially Fanboy Planet after midnight. Yeah. After midnight. Really? It is. Wow. We're going to wrap up. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> we started after 11. It was after dark. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, no, so but WonderCon. Fantastic Wonder time. At the, at the Moscone Center. Really fun. It's getting bigger every year. You're going to have a spot, right? I'll have a spot. I'll be, uh, I don't know what kind of schedule I'll have, but I will be signing issues of Tony Loco number one. And I believe that Tony Loco number two will be available at WonderCon and no place else. Ooh. Uh, as, Ooh. We're doing this, as we're doing a re-solicit of, of the uh, issues. So they can pick up both issues. So they can pick up both issues at WonderCon and no place else. Otherwise, That's hot. You know, we're giving other stores a chance to pick up the and first issue. And signed. And signed. And exactly. Bad. And Derek will be signing boobs, too. So, so what? Uh, sh- what? And I, you won't? No. But they okay. have to bring their own booze. I right. Really, I, exactly. really, I really doubt that anybody's going to ask me to do that, but God bless you, Lon, for thinking. <laughs> I, I want Tony Loco on my boob. Yeah, it's gonna. Uh, you're going to hear it all weekend. Uh, okay. <laughs> you don't want to talk to those guys, though. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Because they have high voices and man boobs. Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> uh, but there are a lot of great guests coming in. There's always a big surprise guest. So I'm. I'm What's I'm the just, surprise? Well, there's always a big surprise. We don't know. Come on, tell Last us. year, Brian Singer appeared for Superman Return. That was cool. And brought Brandon Routh, which... Which wasn't that cool. No, I'm No, kidding. he I'm was sure. cool. It was That was cool. exciting. I had and a good time. Toby McGuire was there a couple of years ago. Uh, Christian Bale showed up a couple of years ago. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll expect it. But beyond that, there's a I expect... Fantastic forecast. Maybe. Maybe. Michael Maybe. Chiklis. Maybe Michael Chiklis will show up. Oh, if Chiklis was there. Maybe Tom oh. McGuire will appear again. Maybe we'll get uh. Thomas Hayden Church there to talk about Sam. Ooh. 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 Uh, <laughs> I want to party with the church. But the thing I like about WonderCon is that even though it's getting bigger, it's still small as far as the exhibit hall goes. You really get a chance to to find how accessible the artists are. Like, you know, you want to talk to talk at a booth, you can walk up. You know, and, and, and you really get a chance to talk. Especially you can now. practically grab your favorite creator. But don't. Don't, but don't grab your favorite creator. Yeah, don't. It's Security wrong. will throw you out. It's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> but a lot of high-profile guys just show up. And it's, it's Sergio Aragonas tends to be there. Mark Urbanier is going to be there. DC's got a few people. Phil Jimenez is coming. Um, there's a lot. Those are the ones that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. Pia Guerra, who's the artist on Why the Last Man. and uh, I think uh, Charlie Chalupa might be there, too. I don't um, know who Charlie Chalupa no? is. I don't know. Is that, is He's that, an indie guy. He's an indie guy. Is, Look him up. Is that actually like a little fast food restaurant down the street from the Moscone Center? I don't know. Charlie Maybe. Chalupas? I'm just saying. They're I, delicious. I was just thinking the, uh, the comic... History Museum is just a couple blocks away from the Moscone Center. It's somewhere around there. Yeah, they I, always we, have a good... We'd gone there before. They have a good party. And then across the street from the Moscone is the Metreon, where the Things from Another World store, which is Dark Horse's uh, small chain of comic book shops, they carry everybody everybody's book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Dark Horse didn't have something going on, because in March... Uh, they're, they're, they'll be pushing their Dark Horse indie films which are supposed to start coming out. Uh, Monarch of the Moon is uh, coming out on DVD, which I'm hoping to get a chance to watch and review in the next week or so. Uh, they've got Splinter from Michael Olmos, mm-hmm. and I've got I did an interview with him we'll back in soon. August, and we're trying to put it together as a video as a vidcast. Uh, so Lon's working on editing that now. We're long overdue, and we're apologizing, uh, Mike, if you're listening. I doubt it, but I'd like to believe it. I'd like to believe that the people that, you know, claim that they cared, uh, do listen. Uh, and he's got his movie splinter, uh, they've got a, they've got a lot of films coming out. There's a thing, uh, all of them with Diamond Dallas Page in them. Oh, uh, sweet. Yeah, uh. Love me some DDP. Yeah, so, uh, you know, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a big event at Things from Another World as well. Yeah. And, so, and screenings. So last year they, they sneaked, uh, they snuck. Sneaked? Snuck. Let's say snuck. They snake. 
They snaked? No. <laughs> uh, View for Vendetta got its, uh, oh. got, uh, it, they did two screenings for fans, uh, for, of View for Vendetta at WonderCon and before, like a month before that opened. So up. you're saying if you're in the Bay Area, or you yeah. can get to the Bay Area, the San, San Francisco, Francisco, San Francisco Bay Area, San Francisco, it's, it's a great show. It's a great show. It's fun. If you're a comic guy, oh, the one thing I will warn though, warn the people, I believe the Chinese New Year celebration is that Saturday. So be careful for parking. I don't think so. I thought that uh, yesterday was the Chinese New Year. Well, there's some there, there's some festival going on March. I think it's the 17th. I thought it was that Saturday. Is it okay. the third, second? I don't know. We'll uh, have to double check we'll on that. Double check this, but it's March second, third, and fourth at the Moscone Center. Yeah, see, I thought the New Year celebration. Okay, maybe it's not New Year's. Maybe it's then it's like a heritage or something. Because New Year's. I just thing. heard something on like Channel Two the well, other day. Well, we got invited to meet John Travolta yesterday, and we're unable to go. So of course we have oh, right, a right, really right. cool thing about having you know Travolta say, uh, use, or maybe it's the parade. Use your powers only for good. You know, uh, it's like so weird. That's so weird. Use your powers only for good. Uh, we could have met William H. Macy. It, you know, sad. I thought, well, that's the only guy I really wanted to meet out of that Wild Hogs cast. Uh, yeah, because he really fits in that group. Yeah. 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 And I'd like to take a picture Big of Tim Allen because my, my kids like Tim Allen. I just want to party with Martin Lawrence. I, you know, should have met Tim I Allen hear, because I if I could have gotten him to greet my son on tape for as Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> oh, you know. Which, there we go. So, uh, that's, that's it. So, WonderCon. What's so, the dates on those? March 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Great Moscone show. Center, Moscone Center. We'll be, be down there. there. Come find we'll us. We'll be wandering. You'll be filming, I think. We'll yeah. probably put together a vidcast or two, perhaps. We are definitely going to be covering Post on the forum. It. We'll find you. And we're definitely going to podcast. And uh, we'll I will be wearing a red carnation in my ear, so come say hi. No, I'm kidding. You, you won't be the only one. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the thing about uh, about WonderCon. You know, it's the costumes, man. Mm. Uh, everybody's dressed weird. So. Yeah, so if there are any costume babes out there that are planning a really risque costume, uh, you can uh, just... We always do a photo. Send gallery. me an email, and I'll give you my private number, and we'll meet up for an interview. Those were air quotes. Interview. There you go. Good times. You're sad. After it's just dark. getting sad. It's After just... Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Well then, uh, thank you. This is, uh, if you if you do want to contact us, of course, editor at fanboyplanet.com. You can log on to the forums. You can do anything. Send in a Wonder Woman of the Week. We didn't choose a Wonder Woman of the Week this week. And it's that okay. project's dead. Come on. The, the, well, no, it's it's alive. Someone will take over. It will. I suck. give it ten years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not as fun to say we'll have a flash of the week. <laughs> I don't know how. You know, I don't know how we. So uh, Wonder Woman of the Month. Anyway. Uh, so that's it. I'm Derek McCaw, Journey Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and uh, Rick Brett Snyder, who hosted us tonight. Thank you very much, yeah, Rick. Again, Applause to you. Lon Lopez, FanboyPlanet slash MoreOnLife.com. Uh, it was good. a pleasure, everyone. Remind Thank you. you. Please use your powers only for good. Can I be Andy and go? I don't like that. You just were. <laughs> <laughs> And we'd like to thank the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com.
Let's see. I used to get that. Stay quiet for a second. What am I hearing? Sounds like your refrigerator. Yeah, I think that's... Let me take the gain down. Yeah, turn off the refrigerator, Justin. (laughs) That'll work. It's the alien overlords coming in, and we're picking it up on the headphones. Yeah, you won't hear it if we're unless we're quiet. I'd like to remind everyone listening to use your powers only for good. Thank you.